the Katie Brennan case, an AFLW Grand Final preview, and some reaction to the season opener. It's Friday, the 23rd of March. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Plenty of footy AFL news uh, and uh, analysis to touch on on today's Splash. Uh, We have had the season opener, of course. It was a thrilling contest at the MCG. Uh, Fox Footy's Sarah Ollie. Will join us today. Uh, as I mentioned off the top, we're also going to preview the AFLW Grand Final and provide some Katie Brennan updates. Uh, but first, a few little headlines and bits and pieces, uh, plus a reminder that Unibet's expert edge gives you the rugby league and AFL stats and insight you need to back more winners this season, not to mention offering up a stack of Unibet specials each and every round. The Socceroos' preparations are in full swing ahead of Saturday morning. Aussie Times friendly with Norway. It kicks off at 4am here on the east coast of Australia. Australian daylight time, that is. Um, Aussie quick Pat Cummins has helped even out the third test on day one at Cape Town. Following the Proteus hot start, uh, he took four uh, superb wickets in the evening session. Uh, the first F1 practice session has transpired at Albert Park down in Melbourne. Uh, and the big race, uh, the start of the uh, F1 Grand Prix uh, season is, it, is Sunday, uh, 10 past 4pm start uh, in the NRL. Also down in Melbourne, the Storm defeated the Cowboys in a grand final rematch last night. And Richmond rallied to overcome a, a very competitive Carlton uh, in the season opening game of the 2018 AFL season. I'm joined by Fox Footy correspondent down in Melbourne, host of our new Fox Footy program, The Weekend Lowdown, and also journalist uh, for the Fox Sports website, Sarah Ollie. Welcome in, Sarah. Hello, Phil. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How is everyone feeling after um, what was a sensational way to kick off the AFL season proper last night? <laughs> Everyone's probably breathing a big sigh of relief that we've got <laughs> one game down, but we've still got eight more to go for the weekend. But it was a really great way to kick off the season. Carlton came out firing the opening didn't five goals, kind of. They stunned everyone, didn't they? And yeah. they looked like for a couple of minutes there that they were really going to run away with it. But Richmond are a good team, and good teams always find a way to get into the match. And, and they did that through some brilliance from Jack Rewalt and some of their small forwards. And, of course, Dusty in the last quarter, he kind of got them rolling with a big don't argue and a big goal um, in that last term, which saw them they saw them win comfortably by about four goals in the end. Yeah. But it was a really great way to kick off the season when many predicted um, it could be quite a one-sided match. But Carlton are much improved, and there's a lot to like about some of the young Blues, including oh, yeah. Charlie Kernow and Paddy Cripps. God, they are just going to be absolute stars in a couple of years. They, they already could be, are. They already are, aren't they? They're <laughs> yeah. such massive players, so big and contested, and Charlie Kernow kicking five goals. It was a really a breakout game for him. 
Yeah, great to see um, the Blues uh, heading firmly in the right direction under the guidance of uh, a really good uh, footy mind in Brendan Bolton. Uh, Sarah, who do you reckon had a better Thursday, Pat Cummins or Pat Cripps? <laughs> well, I've only heard about what Paddy Cummins did with the ball, so I've got to go with Cripper, I think. <laughs> he had another game where he had 25 contested possessions or something crazy like that, and he's only played 60 games, and I think he's had more than 20 contested possessions over 20 times or something like that, which I think at the same stage of their careers, um, Nat Fife and Sydney's Josh Kennedy had only done it four times. So he's a contested ball beast. I think we forget how young he is sometimes because he's so big. He is the same height as St Kilda's Nick Rewalt, who was a key position forward, and this is a kid who's running through the midfield. But with his size, he is able to go forward as well, which is what makes him very dangerous and very much in vogue. But uh, I don't want to take too much away from Pat Cummins either. I feel like he also had (laughs) a good Thursday night. He certainly did, yeah. Paddy Cripps, um, it, you know, the next step for him is hitting the scoreboard on a on a more con- consistent basis. He, he had an injury-plagued 2017. Let's hope he gets a good run at it uh, for Carlton's sake this season. Uh, also uh, this weekend, Geelong, they look set to unleash a trio of debutants, um, Asava, Ratatugalia, uh, no, I, I didn't get, I didn't go very well there. Uh, Lockie Fogarty and Tim <laughs> Kelly as well. Um, so whilst Geelong, everyone kind of wants to talk about a different trio heading into the new season, um, (laughs) there are some new names and some new faces getting a gig as well early. Yes, Asava Radicalia. It is very hard to say, but, um, yeah, he, he looks very good in the JLT. He was very exciting. He was drafted two drafts ago, but he's being rewarded now. Um, and it's great to see some kid as well. Yeah, a big unit. I know that yeah. Patrick Dangerfield is a big fan of his work. He's actually on, I think, um, Danger's Instagram quite a bit. So maybe they're quite good friends off the field as well. But, yeah, as you said, everyone's been talking about the Holy Trinity, as I've been calling them, Patrick Dangerfield, <laughs> Joel Selwood, and, of course, Gary Ablett. The Little Masters returned to the blue yeah. and white hoops. It's going to be a very big occasion, not just for the three debutants, but for the Geelong Footy Club because mm. Gary Ablett has come home, and that is a huge story. And even though he's turning 34, I think, in two months, he still can do some pretty incredible things, put him in a forward pocket. Some people think that he could even win the Coleman medal if the Cats just played him forward all season. But they will be without Patrick Dangerfield. They haven't named him. So we won't get to see the Holy Trinity on Sunday, but nonetheless we'll get to see Gary Ablett back in action for Geelong, which is a sensational story. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, When Gary played full games last season and he was reasonably fit, uh, he was still an absolute animal. So, um, you know, despite the age, it uh, looks like he's still got some good footy ahead of him. Um, look, plenty of other uh, great narratives that we could cover AFL-wise uh, this weekend, but I, re- I want to turn um, our attention to the AFLW Grand Final. Um, the Bulldogs take on the Lions, 12.35pm start Saturday afternoon at Icon Park. Uh, but unfortunately, Sarah, I suppose pretty much the entire week of build-up has been hijacked by Bulldogs uh, skipper Katie Brennan uh, being suspended, missing this game, uh, trying to appeal uh, the the case. Uh, and now it's it looks like it's heading all the way to the High Court just about um, 
Can you can you give us a just a, a quick rundown of, of what's happened and, and an, an update as well uh, with this kind of unfortunate set of circumstances? Yeah, so the latest is that the Bulldogs have conceded and Katie herself has conceded that she won't be playing in tomorrow's grand final. However, they are going to take this decision to the Australian Human Rights Commission. Yeah, right. So that's going to be the avenue of recourse. Um, mind you, the Australian Human Rights Commission, any kind of ruling they make is non-binding, so they can't really overturn anything in a legal sense, but it will give the dogs and Katie something to lean on if they then want to take it to the AFL and say, look, these rules need to change. So basically, the the narrative that's been bubbling away this week is that Katie Brennan received a reprimand in uh, round one and she received another one at the weekend and two reprimands in AFLW equal a suspension. If Katie was Ken and she got a reprimand, well, they don't have reprimands. Instead of reprimands, they have um, fines. So she would have been fined $2,000, then fined $3,000, and she'd still be playing in this weekend's grand final. The issue here is the reason AFLW players get reprimands instead of fines is because they're not paid enough. So the yeah. AFL said we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be um, making them fork out $3,000 for rough conduct because that could be almost, um, you know, a third of their season's wage. Uh, so yeah. that's why they've got this system in place. It defies common what- sense. Right, you know. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. I mean, it, it's 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 kind of hard to believe that they wouldn't look at something like a uh, a percentage of, of exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. In, in terms of a, a fine in uh, in, uh, in relation to what they're getting paid, um, and and I and I and I label it an unfortunate situation as well because when you we I think we've all seen the replay of the incident a thousand times this week, mm. one way or another. Um, and, you know, playing in a grand final is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a lot of people or, or, or a lot of people don't even get the opportunity to play uh, on, on the big stage like this, a lot of players. Um, for her to miss the game because of this incident is, uh, is sad. It is. I think that's the right word. It's really sad. And I'm, we've all seen the photos of Katie emerging out of yeah. the, uh, the first unsuccessful appeal and and she's on the verge of tears and she says, I'm gutted. Yeah, I'm gutted yeah. because this is her life. Footy is her life. And and she's been such a trailblazer in so many respects. And I wrote an, a comment piece just on foxfooty.com.au before saying that um, knowing Katie quite well, that I know that this sense that she's been, um, there's an injustice here. Mm would not sit well with her as a trailblazer because she's someone who wants equality for girls and boys when it comes to footy. So it doesn't surprise me at all that she has that she will take this to the Australian Human Rights Commission. Yeah. I think that that fits with her narrative um, as a trailblazer in women's footy, but it is a really sad circumstance. She'll still have some match day involvement. She'll probably be in the coach's box, um, you know, in the rooms before the game at halftime. And... The dogs have won without her this season. I mean, she's been injured with that ankle injury, so they know how to win without her. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the um, the blessing for the dogs is that this year they've relied less on their big stars to win the matches. They've got a much more even spread of contributors across all lines. Uh, so while Katie won't be there, they'll still have a lot of confidence that they'll get the job done. Uh, and Sarah, how, how did it sit with you when uh, the... Katie's legal team decided to go down the the discrimination path, uh, claiming that uh, this is unfair. Uh, 
you know, in relation to how she uh, has has been punished for this situation compared to how a lot of the guys are punished uh, with similar circumstances in the AFL. You know, I, I agree with that argument, whether or not that should have been brought up earlier in the in the first um, tribunal is another talking point. I think I think they missed a lot of uh, key opportunities to bring up certain arguments at that first tribunal. I mean, they didn't even refer to to the medical report because Harriet Cordner, who was the player who was who was tackled in that incident, uh, she looked dazed. Everyone says she looked dazed, but the medical report said that she passed a concussion test and mm. Katie's defence didn't rely on that at all. So I think there were certain avenues that they could have addressed I before mean, they even went down even, that path. And she didn't even have uh, the the she didn't even have both of her arms actually pinned in yes. the tackle, which yeah, is one what, of her arms was free. Which is what the ruling is. So it again, yeah. you know, there are even more question marks. It, it's kind of uh, farcical that it's gotten to this point. Yeah, I feel like Katie was probably let down on a couple of fronts. One, maybe that her defence didn't take the best tactical approach at the tribunal and now that, you know, they've got this system in place where the AFL and the AFL Players Association probably thought they were doing the right thing by bringing this reprimand um, sanction in instead of the fines. But now we have this situation where one of the stars of the league is going to miss a grand final because of it. And as you said before, it's just sad. That's the word for it. Yeah. It's a it's a sad circumstance and story to have to be reporting on. Yeah, for sure. Look, once the, the game gets underway at Icon Park uh, tomorrow, um, that's not really going to be at the front of our minds, Sarah. Uh, what, what are you really looking forward to the most in this uh, Bulldogs-Lions clash tomorrow? Well, the Bulldogs have been the best offensive side all season and the Lions have been the best defensive side the whole season. Okay. So we're going attack and defence. Having said that, the Bulldogs have also um, been pretty stingy when it comes to defence, but they both have excellent midfields, very deep midfields. Uh, the Dogs led by Emma Carney, who's my pick for the AFLW MVP, which will be um, on Tuesday night, uh, and as well as Ellie Blackburn, who will lead the side in Katie's absence. Yep. And then on the on the Lions, we have Ali Anderson, who's a fantastic story. She's averaging the second most disposals in the competition, and last year she averaged the 95th most. So uh-huh. she's had this incredible year, and she's been really well supported by Emily Bates as well as the skipper, um, Emma Zilke. So the midfield battle is going to be very intriguing. And then the other thing I'm looking forward to is uh, Sabrina Frederick-Traub, Brisbane's yeah. power forward, Did and her she, battle she with... Hasn't she some, uh, had some impact oh. up forward? And that's it. She's one of those big game players who just takes the game by the scruff of the neck. And in a couple of minutes, she can turn a match because mm. she has this incredible ability to take a pack mark. But for someone of her size, she's very good at ground level. Now, mm. she's going to come up against Lauren Spark, we think, who in last weekend's match against Melbourne kept their key forward, Tegan Cunningham, goalless. So it's going to be a very intriguing battle and one which I'm really looking forward to. The only thing I'm not looking forward to is they're forecasting a lot of rain down here tomorrow. So oh, hopefully no. we can escape that because, yeah, if there's rain, it's going to be a tough slog for everyone. That would be a shame. I, I watched the Lions play last week and the way that they were moving and transitioning the ball from back to forward half was really silky, really smooth, and, and I was looking forward to some of that uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I think the rain might uh, might have something to say about that, though. <laughs> 
Yeah, it might be a bit harder if the Sharon's soaking wet, but hopefully the, the game does start earlier than anticipated, so hopefully we escape that rain. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I suppose that uh, time slot uh, is kind of uh, allowing uh, attention to be focused on that before the some of the men's action uh, gets underway in the afternoon, some of which you were previewing on uh, brand new Fox footy show, The Weekend Lowdown, <laughs> uh, which was on our screens the other evening. Sarah, you're the new host. Congratulations on that uh, gig. How was, uh, how was the first uh, run through? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Of course, it's show one. It was live and we're all, you know, trying to find our feet and create a chemistry with all the guys. But it was a lot of fun and we're looking forward to doing a team show but doing it a little bit differently. We don't want to just be like every other team show where they have a panel sitting at a desk. We want it to be punchy and fun and young and energetic and we just want to have a good time. So, so far we're doing well. We enjoyed the first show but we've got plenty more to go and plenty more to look forward to. Yeah, you've got your work cut out for you, um, getting uh, getting a few comments in there with all those egos surrounding you. <laughs> nah, they're good. They let me speak. You just have to talk very loudly sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no question. Uh, <laughs> hey, Sarah, thanks heaps for, for joining today's Splash. No problem, Phil. Thank you. She's a good sport. Sarah Oli for Fox Footy down in Melbourne. Uh, she'll be out at Icon Park for the AFLW Decider tomorrow uh, and also following this uh, Katie Brennan story as well. She's on Twitter at Sarah J. Ollie, uh, so be sure to keep uh, up to date with her. She's a big Swans fan as well. Go the Swannies. They're in uh, in Perth playing uh, the West Coast Eagles in round one this Sunday. Uh, any further questions, comments, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Phil underscore prior. Uh, that'll do us this week. Uh, and of course, uh, don't forget, get the expert edge today. Visit unibet.com.au or download the Unibet app. That's a wrap. 